0: this is Brent Jensen, you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate, and joining me today is lead singer of Australian rock band The Lazies, Leon Harrison. Leon, thanks for joining me, man.
1: How you going, mate?
0: Good. How you holding up during COVID?
1: Oh, yeah, not too bad. Getting over it. Looking forward to socializing again.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: (laughs) And uh, actually getting in and uh, recording some music because everything is now online, so been writing music online as we discussed the bandwagon concepts online so to actually get some uh, physical time with people will be a nice change
0: yeah no definitely for everybody so yeah. so leon the lazies uh, is an australian band who found a second home in canada now you have become one of the hottest bands in the country
1: yeah right. <laughs> oh, as i said that's nice to hear yeah canada's a great Second home if not our first well my first home and Matt's first home right now. And it's it's been it's been an incredible journey for the past six years, I think, since two thousand and fourteen we first came here and it's been a it's been a whirlwind, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it all started I think at Canadian Music Week, is that right?
1: Yeah, it did, yeah. We got uh we got booked by Ralph James and uh, Ian Desard decided to show up to our show at the Bovine and he wanted to work with us, and uh, jack shit was going on at home, so we said, let's pack a backpack and get out of here. So that's what we did. Wow. Yeah, the Australian music industry uh, isn't up there in my books.
0: Yeah, well, they did. They do something different. I think they, they listen to a lot of indie pop down there right now, I think.
1: Yeah, they do that, and I don't know. It's, just It's kind of weird because... You know, I've got friends like uh, in the Dead Love and there's a band called Fangs which actually has a Canadian lead singer of all things, so mm-hmm. he's kind of doing what we're doing down there and, uh, you know, they're selling tickets and they're getting out there and they're playing and they do really well and then the radio just doesn't want to touch them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, uh, thanks to nothing. So yeah, yeah I, I, I just, I can't, I can't really accept their model, so... That's that's just me personally.
0: Well, we're happy to have you up here my friend. I'll tell you that. Yeah, thank you. We uh I have seen you guys live a couple times and and I'll t- you guys bring it and the last show I was at your your guitar player Matt came out in the crowd mid song and jumped up on somebody's table to do his solo.
1: <laughs> he loves doing that. He's his whole his whole uh motto and live show is about Making everyone love him—he's a typical lead guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I'm le- I'm left to do all the legwork, and he gets all the credit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Leon, another project that you're involved in is uh, Bandwagon, as you mentioned earlier. And Bandwagon is an online music mentoring and songwriting workshop initiative, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Definitely angled at the more personalized mentorship rather than, uh, sort of the, the master classes we're getting used to seeing pop up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, scaling it, I do want to have a section of it where it's, um, you know, like I want to call it ground zero. It's like aimed at people who want to get a, a full synopsis on songwriting and the music industry without, you know, having to, uh, delve right into the sort of personalized mentoring aspect, but uh, definitely we offer that service if a band's really serious and, you know, likes a particular mentor. Like, we have we have specific mentors out of different bands, like John from Monster Truck, mm-hmm. Kenda from Creepshow, uh, Johnny from Standstills, and uh, we've got Daryl from Indie Week involved as a mentor, and he wants to develop some acts, and actually my manager from uh, Germany, who's uh, been in the business 30 years, and I'm just about to announce Ryan Roxy, who's one of the guitarists in the Alice Cooper Band. Oh, wow. So, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the platform's there for aspiring songwriters. If they want to take it, it's there. If they don't, then don't. That's <laughs> you know funny. what I mean? It's pretty, it's pretty simple. That's a great program. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, uh, both my parents are teachers and... Um, you know, there's a lot of downtime in music and things like that, so I started mentoring bands even back in 2017 mm-hmm. and uh, didn't fully embrace the whole uh, online aspect to it. It was more in person, but with this virus, a good idea to uh, to launch it online. And, yeah, I've worked with like 15 bands over two months, I think it is. It's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, working with a high school band as well. I tell you what, the singer guitar his name's Nick. He's a talent. He's only 17.
0: Where, where is he, Leon? Is he in Toronto or is he?
1: Uh, yeah, they're in uh, a suburb out of Toronto. Markham, I think it is. Oh, Markham,
0: about. yeah. Yeah, north. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah,
1: man, it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Like I, I believe in mentorship 100%. I've always had mentors, whether they've been drum teachers or music teachers or, you know, older kids in the community or in a garage jamming. You know, everyone has their mentors, so this is kind of just opening up a can of worms where you don't necessarily have to uh, have the the relationship already formed. You know, you can form it uh, with somebody, and hopefully, it all it's a good fit, just like anything, really.
0: Well, I think it's great that you pay it forward that way. Good on you, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you.
0: So you've got your songs here, and uh, it's a it's a good little list, man. I like it. You ready to get in? Yeah.
1: It's uh it's definitely some songs that people will go oh what you like that song <laughs> but yeah like, I like I like a, a vast range of genres and styles and and all that sort of stuff I think there's a there's a whole uh there's a whole range of things that come with different musicians you know and different moods and different emotions and things like that
0: Certainly yeah, I think it's funny when people do that. They uh, assume that if you were a heavy rock musician, that you only like heavy rock.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know I I think there's people out there like that, but yeah, obviously, like when you think about it, it's like just saying, would you just eat the one meal every night of the week? Probably not. Yeah, you'd you want to try up a few different cultures and stuff, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: With zines. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so your first one, Leon, is Silverchair and Emotional Sickness.
1: Had to be the first. Silverchair is my ultimate favorite band, and they were like my pin-up boys when I was, you know, when I was about 13, they were about 15, and they were tackling and dominating America, and they were just basically child stars, really.
0: Yeah.
1: They were like Australia's answer to Nirvana, and it's like, hey, we're still here, these boys from Newcastle, and... And I, I ended up through the grapevine once having lunch, Christmas lunch with the bass player, oh. kind of fan point out. Yeah, he was dating someone within the extended family, um, which was a real thrill, and he was a really nice guy, actually. We got along super well. And, uh, yeah, motion sickness, I mean, speaks for itself in some respects. Like it was off Neon Ballroom. Daniel Johns had been through some mental health issues and all that anorexia and... You know, all the, all the trials and tribulations, I guess, of being a huge success by the age of 19, which is an absolute child. Yeah. So <laughs> when I was 19, God damn it, I can't even remember. <laughs> but, um, I know, right? It's getting to that point. So yeah, I've, I've even got the dancers from the cover of Neon Borum tattooed on me. I love it. So they they hold a big place in my musical heart. I think every record from Silver is a great progression. So they're a great band. They always progress, very talented, and they're Australian. So I love it. And they got the support of the Australian music industry. Funny that. Mm. <laughs> what
0: year did they come out? This is like the late, I want to say late 90s. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think 97, something like that. And then, yeah, Neon Byron, was, that was 99. Yeah. And I think they are about 20 years old. And the records, like they had uh, David Hell. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but this guy was, like, just this incredible pianist, right? And, like, they'd just get him in the studio and just, like, get him to play stuff and they'd arrange it. And I just think, like, being a musician myself, like, what, what went down as 20-year-olds is remarkable for that record. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's cr- it's crazy, 20 years old. Yeah. The music that we recorded at 20, I wouldn't want anyone to hear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, that's not going to come out later in your career as a probably a, a rarity
1: <laughs> B-sides and rarities. Yeah, well, I mean, we did, yeah, we did an album when we were about oh, it was 2010, so what's that? 10 years ago, yeah, I was 25, so I was five years past that. So, and that's yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, man, there must have been something in the water back in the day. They were just a very talented band, a three-piece, too. Like, yeah. wow
0: your next pick here it's acdc but it's not you shook me all night long thank god it's shoot to thrill
1: yeah, yeah. i was thinking about which acdc song made me most excited when i ever listened to it because i'm a bon scott guy really at heart but shoot to thrill is just insane what a rock song when they were first starting out um Or first breaking into that area and stuff like that. So I love Bon Scott. But, yeah, like when I thought about my ultimate ACDC song, I think it has to be Shoot the Thrill. It's just from start to finish, it's crazy. And I was saying that when I watched their doco, it's actually about housewives addicted to, like, prescription drugs. (laughs) Oh, is it? Yeah. That's
0: hilarious. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So, um yeah, I was saying all the housewives are home just getting high <laughs> and, <laughs> and the husband's out with the lunchbox. <laughs> wow, that Man. is
0: funny. I had no idea and I love that song.
1: Yeah, it's a cracker. Didn't they do an Iron Man rendition or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. recently they did for uh, the Iron Man movie, yeah.
1: Great band and a great sort of pinnacle to aim towards as a as a, as a young rock band. Well, we're not that young, but... You know what I mean? Like, if you can set your sights to something of that degree, then you, you, you know, and achieve seventy percent of it, you're doing all right because they're just an incredible force. I'd give
0: you more credit than that. I think you're at more than seventy. I was, I was just listening to Half Mass Blues actually before we started talking, and uh, you guys have that that ACDC crunch that I love.
1: Oh, great! Yeah, I mean, we definitely strive to have those roots. We're from Australia and. It's always sort of driven down your throat <laughs> as an Aussie when you grow up. It's just ACDC, or it was anyway. So, yeah, it's great great to sort of have the, that behind us. Did you,
0: Leon, as uh, an Australian, did you ever get into Rose Tattoo?
1: Yeah, for sure. We played with Rose Tattoo a few times, and then we did a festival in Spain, and um, as we finished, they were starting, so we went down to their stage and got got pretty loose for a while until we had to leave <laughs> the festival.
0: That's good. That's awesome. They're, they're a band that don't get a lot of credit, I find. Enough credit, at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they're they pretty successful still in Europe and places like that. But, you know, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So they're, they're a great Aussie pub rock band, though, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, next on your list, Coldplay and Oh.
1: Yeah. If you don't know, I do a side project called All or Nothing and uh, – it's strictly with a uh, just piano vocal at the moment, and it's with a guy called Jonathan. He's, I think he's in his 50s or something, but he's like classically trained, and I've always had an interest in that, and uh Chris Martin is an absolute genius on the piano, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine t- sitting around the campfire with that guy. Like, you just, not many human beings beings can are capable of the talent he has, so... Yeah. You know, yeah, you're going to you're gonna cop the old, the, the flack that, you know, they're whatever. But like at the end of the day, man, that guy's an insane talent. And yeah. he writes great choruses, great songs. When I first heard that Ghost Stories record, it was one of those records like they have out right now that they, they take a break from touring, but they put a record out there. Mm-hmm. And it was just a different flavor, almost getting back to the Parachute style. And I love that. I just, I love it. You know, some people like death metal. I can't fucking stand it. I, you know, I like Coldplay. What are you going to do about it?
0: (laughs) Going back to Parachutes, you think about that uh, piano line in in Trouble, right? Very simple. But that piano melody is so, it just, it sticks with you, man. It's just genius.
1: Yeah, that's it, man. And, you know, like as I go through my career and do interviews and all that. You know, I can't. I, you asked for five songs, and I've got to be open and honest about it, right? So there's there was a there was another band I was going to include that I didn't, but like War on Drugs, bands like that, uh, Tame uh-huh. Impala. Yeah. I love all that sort of stuff, Um, even though I think Tame Impala hate the Lazies because we had a fight at the ESPY. <laughs> oh, did you really? In Melbourne about oh, over a decade ago. Yeah, we were just all drinking and being dickheads. I, I, I love their records. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, closing that, I, I would like everyone to go check out my project, All or Nothing. It's uh, There's only four songs at the moment, but through my uh, journey of music, I'm going to keep adding to the collection. And it got a really good and positive response. I was pretty blown away because I expected people to not really understand the, that side of a, of a crazy beer-filled rock and roller, but, you know, people were really nice about it which is good. good
0: good all right your next tune leon is rage against the machine and bullet in the
1: head oh yeah yeah for sure that's a good one man that's uh <laughs> it speaks for itself doesn't it i don't oh, know yeah. rage against the machine rhythmically and um their dynamics and zach de la Rocha. he's still one of my favorite front man ever Yep. even though he tours once every 20 years. Um, <laughs> he'd be, They'd be so pissed off now, though, because they finally were going to come back. I saw them 10 years ago. Yeah. And they were finally going to come back, and then this virus just killed everything. So, you know, that would have been disappointing for them. Yeah, I mean, that song, I was lucky enough to work with Garth Richardson who produced that record. Yeah, he's out in Vancouver. He did Shake It Like You Mean It with us. Um, which was our first single in Canada. And then, uh, you know, Rage always just held a great spot in my in my musical collection because they're just so real and they just disrupted everything. Oh, yeah. Their crowds go nuts. Their lyrics have total meaning. What more can you ask for a band that, you know, Coldplay, like they're so positive and honest in their approach and then Rage Against Machine is so sort of engaging and, not negative, but just truthful in their yeah. approach. Like, it's the big fuck you to the man, Rage Against the Machine. That's what music's about. If I, if I, like, this is just me, man, and my, and the lazies is as honest as they come to, but like, you know, if I, if I smell bullshit and music, I just don't like it. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine. And like, I mean, that, that bridge, when they break it down.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you, this is, what's the program called again? Music that makes your skin vibrate or something. Yeah yeah there you go so when when they break that down and he's just like standing in line <laughs> you know you're bowing down to the flag you got a bullet in the head and he just builds it up with that line oh yeah bullet in your head and then he just fucking loses his shit
0: i remember when this came out in the early 90s and it was like a fucking tsunami like it, it just yeah. you know what i mean
1: no doubt no doubt at all in my mind man i mean I'd give anything to have been in a band in the 90s, touring and all that. I don't know, like, whether I'd still be alive, but. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, it would have been such a cool time, you know, no smartphones, no internet, no fucking Instagram and all the bullshit that created. Yeah. And uh, But you just only got to watch the the old footage of, bands like that and Soundgarden and all those bands that came through like the crowd just the people just look normal you know what i mean yeah. they just oh, yeah. they don't look all fucked up like the the wave of the internet just fucking did some weird shit to society man <laughs> and uh, that was that was the end of it all man that was the end of the the the, the real real deal of everything really yeah it, it was sort of built to that point didn't it and then 2000 kicked over and uh technology just took over and just changed the face of the earth and now a virus has done that as well so yeah it would have been a great time to be alive i was obviously alive but i was a bit young to be going around to festivals and all that sort of stuff you're right man that was the last
0: real you know you think about bands of that time the last real rock and roll yeah the real gritty authentic stuff yeah
1: Well, I mean, it was like a world where you couldn't, I don't know, how do you explain it quickly? But it's like a world where you you didn't get influenced by fucking useless bullshit. (laughs) Like music meant something. And like I said, like Instagram and all the garbage that's brought about has just redefined the way that society operates and how people dress and look and want to be and they're fucking sticking needles in their face these days, yeah. you know. And it's just like that, that shit didn't exist back then. Like, you know, it was it was so much purer. I think that was reflected in the music. So let's hang Damn on man. to that. Yeah. I love it when um, at first I didn't really understand the whole tool thing and Jack White saying no photos and all that sort of stuff and – you hear horror stories of people getting kicked out and shit like that. But the real incentive behind it is to leave that shit outside because they don't right. believe in that. And and rightly so, you know. They spend a ton of money on lasers and a ton of money on production and it cheapens it when people start taking video recordings. Like you're not, you're not in the um, photo pit. Enjoy yeah. the show. Uh, like you don't have to gloat that you're somewhere, that someone else isn't, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: That's what I don't like about that. It's like selfies. Just enjoy yeah. the moment. I mean, you we've all have...
1: been victim to doing a selfie or two. but
0: <laughs> Yeah, but people people take it way too far. I think you'll agree. It's just ridiculous. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. I, I would like to extend that into saying influencers. Like, I can't <laughs> believe some of the people. They're, they're fucking aliens that I'm starting to see on Instagram. It's like, I don't I don't see them in the street. What do they just do? Hide out in fucking Spain somewhere and just like <laughs> fucking frequent the beach half clad? I don't know what they do. But it's just like you, you, you can't really base having an influence on something in society without severe consequence just on pure data and numbers that people follow you. And they're not following a scientist or a doctor. Or someone with a fucking brain, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the sad part. They're they're following somebody who takes pictures of their food.
1: That's the very sad part. Look at those idiots that did that fire festival. All They they were so smart. They were so smart. All they needed to do was tap into 10 fucking influencers and their resources through all this data, but then they couldn't sustain it. They didn't have the framework for the festival. So they had some brains (laughs) and not a lot of brains. You know what
0: I mean? That was a debacle, that whole fire festival.
1: What a fucking... Oh, they're so lucky that no one died or got hurt. I watched it. I couldn't... I I didn't even know it was on Netflix. I watched it and I was just like, what is this? And then you've got all these influencers going, oh, they promised me this. It's like, fuck off. (laughs) How's that sound? (laughs) Just fuck (laughs) off. No one cares. Have we not learnt through all this shit that somebody with a million followers that just doesn't fucking mean anything? Like it's trivial. Give me someone who's created something or is talented at something, or, you know. That's where we should be focusing our energy. Totally agree. You know, what a rant. <laughs> 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 right.
0: Hey, we have time, right?
1: course. <laughs>
0: All right, one more tune here, Leon. It's Pink Floyd and Comfortably Numb.
1: Oh, what a what a great segue. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. I mean, when that chorus kicks in, it's just like fucking a knife going through butter, isn't it? Oh, yeah. A hot, hot knife <laughs> going through butter. It's an incredible uh, sentiment and message to people to... Get back to being, like, in a conscious state of mind. Don't get comfortably numb. Like, I think it's about everybody, the fact that, you know, you're never going to lose touch with the pain that you've felt in life, but, um, like, stay present, right? Yeah. yeah. it's and it's a Bob Ezrin production, I believe, which is why I really started getting into it because, again, Garth from uh, Vancouver, who I was really lucky to spend a lot of time with, he mm-hmm. was Rage's producer. He's very good friends with Bob, and I got to meet Bob once, actually. Really nice guy. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool, eh? Yeah. 1979. So, I mean, they were ahead of the times. I mean, imagine what they think now.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> there's the, the thing is, though, like getting back to the discussion of the world and whatnot, there's so many people that aren't comfortably numb, and all the tech, savage human beings, they're, they're savages. They're so intelligent. The mm-hmm. new wave of brainiacs in the world, right? But it might be the technology that they're creating that is causing people to be comfortable now. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a double-sided sword, really. It's a it's it's a funny one. Well, I think all that technology
0: is there, but the depth is no longer there, and the substance.
1: Yeah, I, I'd really like to know. Because I don't get to know these things, <laughs> but like, what what the impact of taking away the like the uh, the the numeral of how many likes people actually got oh. for, for a photo? And now they took that away, so that was kind of like a currency, in my belief. You know, if you had a hundred thousand likes on something, well, obviously you were some kind of superior. So now that he, now that people can't see that. It's like, well, how many people did like it? And then they start going, well, who really cares who liked it? And then they Mm -hmm. start switching off. So I wonder whether there was a grand scheme behind that because idiots were just getting too much recognition. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I support that. It sets up this almost like a social class system.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And it wasn't really ever constructed around creativity or around anything other than image, which is disastrous in my opinion yeah for young women and men growing up like in a world where they didn't get raised kicking a football down at the oval they're raised in a digital world and you know that can become terrifying for for people that you know don't look like that
0: yeah absolutely
1: and things like that that's the reality
0: wow who knew that we were gonna get so deep on this episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry man that's no, just me. that's great. That's great. Probably why I can't sustain a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, shut up, man. Just fucking go to work and come home and ask what's for dinner. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Leon, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the chat.
1: Thanks, Brent. Anytime. I, I like the idea when you reached out to me to get involved and, um, it's been great. I mean, you'd probably have to do a bit of editing. <laughs> and I'm going to have a bunch of influencers fucking hating me, sending rockets to my door. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm right there with you.
1: I'll give a shout-out if I can to Fortunate Losers. Do you know those guys at all? I think they're from Sudbury. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you know so that? I worked with them through Bandwagon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man, they're great guys. Real passionate and just hardworking, so... Well, shout out to those guys. If you got through the interview this far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very cool.
1: All right, mate. Well, yeah, thanks for that.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, when you guys get back out there, well, I'll keep in touch, but when you guys get back out there, I'm going to come see you.
1: Oh, um, amazing. Yeah, we can't wait. We've got a new record coming. Um, we're about four songs in. Takes a while to write our records, but um, we're super stoked. There's some exciting things happening post the COVID. And, um, We have a few ideas that we can sort of toy around with whilst uh, the world's still getting back to normal. It's actually interesting.
0: Yes, and substantial. Exactly. All right, man. Thanks, mate. All right, take good care.
1: You too, buddy. All right.
0: Bye-bye. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Leon Harrison of The lazies. Till next time, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide.